Welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Becca Stanek, a writer at The Week. Today, I'd like to tell you the truth about multivitamins. Save for a few lapses in my irresponsible college days, I've popped a multivitamin every single day since middle school. What's up? Dino's stolen the different vitamins we need to make Flintstone. First, it was the chalky multivitamins that left a lump in my throat for minutes after I'd gulped one down. Then, it was the slightly grainy, massive pills that my mom bought in bulk at Costco. Technically, they were for postmenopausal women, but my mother assured me they would be just fine for my 17-year-old self. Then, last year, tired of big, bad-tasting pills, I bought gummy vitamins. Because who doesn't like noshing on some candy that holds the promise of great health? Flintstones, regular, and plus iron. But now, after decades of dedicated multivitamin use, I've thrown my vitamins away. I'll miss that sugary, fruity taste, but according to my doctor, that's about all I'll be missing. At a recent doctor's appointment, my doctor bluntly informed me that my multivitamins weren't doing a darn thing for me. It's true that taking a daily pill can give you a little bit more of all the most important vitamins. But the thing is, more isn't necessarily better. My doctor explained that very few people actually have vitamin deficiencies. For those who do have a deficiency in, say, vitamin D or vitamin B12, those little grape-shaped gummies, or any multivitamin for that matter, don't pack anywhere near enough of one vitamin to correct that deficiency. But don't just take my doctor's word for it. There are a plethora of studies out there that back up her argument. Take this one much-buzzed-about study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine in 2013. After reviewing three trials of multivitamin supplements and 24 trials of single or paired vitamins that included more than 40,000 participants, researchers came to a pretty clear-cut conclusion. Vitamins are ineffective when it comes to reducing the risk of heart disease, cancer, declines of cognitive ability, and premature death. The researchers concluded that there was so much evidence of the inefficacy of vitamins that they advised avoiding these kinds of daily supplements altogether. Other studies have shown that an excess of some vitamins, including vitamins A, K, E, and D, can raise your risk of heart disease and some cancers. That's because these vitamins are fat-soluble, so our bodies have a harder time breaking them down and flushing them out, and a buildup of them in our system can be unhealthy. But that's not the case with other vitamins like C and all the Bs, which dissolve in water. Going down this rabbit hole of research, I was struck by a new question. If there are so many signs pointing to no on multivitamins, why did I think they were so good? And while we're on the subject, why are so many Americans still taking them? The answer to that can be traced back to a bill introduced in the 1970s. During the health and fitness craze of the 70s, vitamins became something of a fad. A fad essentially started by one man. Scientist Linus Pauling published a book called Vitamin C in the Common Cold in 1970. In it, he urged the public to take 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C every day. That's 50 times the recommended daily allowance. And this, he said, could cure the common cold and even cancer. Pauling was a prominent figure in the science field. By 1970, he had already won two Nobel Prizes for his advancements in chemistry and molecular biology. 
Even Albert Einstein said of Pauling's work that it was over his head. The book became an instant bestseller. Sales of vitamin C went through the roof. The problem was, Pauling's new theory had little scientific backing, and his sweeping theories troubled the FDA. In 1972, they announced plans to start regulating vitamins that contained more than 150% of the recommended daily allowance. Manufacturers would have to prove that these products were safe to consume. The vitamin industry, unsurprisingly, was not having it. They fought back, recruiting the budget hawk Wisconsin Senator William Proxmire, who was notorious for ruthlessly attacking government spending. Proxmire authored a bill that would prevent the FDA from setting any standards for supplements and ensured that they would not be considered in the same class as drugs. That bill became law in 1976. Fast forward about 30 years, and almost a third of Americans were still taking a daily multivitamin. It doesn't help that the typical American diet is abysmal, handing vitamin companies marketing ammunition on a veritable silver platter. People search for vitamins A, B, C, and D. When the average American is eating just one or two servings of fruits and veggies a day, a little boost of vitamins might seem like a good idea. I'll get I'll ever need your vitamin enough for me. And vitamin manufacturers often market supplements as a way to replace those lost servings. But nutrition experts say it just doesn't work that way. In fact, some vitamins may be making our diets worse. Take those women's gummy multivitamins I was eating on the regular. They pack in three grams of sugar per gummy. And with the serving size of two gummies, that means that even before breakfast, I was consuming six grams of sugar. That's almost a quarter of the American Heart Association's recommended maximum sugar intake for women. I'm through with fresh fruit juices. I'd give up carrots. So, while almost a third of Americans are still taking daily multivitamins, you can count this gal out. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Becca Stanek, and thanks so much for listening. Music